Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brazilian Point of View. My name is Ana, and for this week's episode, I am not going to lie, this is not a new episode. This is originally episode 41 with Karen, but I love this episode, and the reason why there isn't a new, fresh episode this week, it's because I am simply exhausted and I needed a little break this week. Um... Last week, last week on Monday, actually, um, I submitted my final project for the master's. It was extremely exhausting. I posted here the final product that was my radio documentary on Tuesday. And then I flew away to visit a friend for a long weekend, which was long overdue and I really needed a break but and then my computer broke down kind of so we had to go to repair and all this as a whole is the reason why there this isn't a fresh new episode but I thought that I would post something that it's kind of relatable to my life right now which is post-grad and also adulting trying to find a job and all of this shenanigans that all of us have to go through. Next week is definitely going to be a new episode solo or with a guest. I really need to start getting all my stuff together. And now I will definitely have time to do this because these past year was insane doing everything while also doing the mas- doing the master's. But we're getting everything together now. It's going to be really nicely tailored. But this is what we have for this week. And uh, honestly, I just thought about something that I really liked, uh, an episode that I really loved. And I love chatting with Karen when we did this episode. So a few information might be a little bit outdated, but... Karen still has her Instagram, still a content creator. She's very much into books now. And I just love seeing her recommendations and everything. You can find all of her social media on the description as always. And I really do hope that you enjoy this episode. But before we get to that, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow the podcast on Instagram at the Brazilian POV Podcast. And now without further ado, let's get to the episode. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Of course. So for starters, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I am Karen Tuckterman. I have an accent. So (laughs) I'm from Cuba. I came when I was 16 years old. I am a therapist. So I've been in the U.S. for about seven years now. And I'm married. I have a corgi puppy. And I do social media on the side. It's a little side hustle. I have a YouTube channel and Instagram page and also recent a TikTok, even though I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing there, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> so you graduated recently, right? Yes. So how how is the feeling of graduating and the post-grad life for you? 
So I've been in school for my entire life. Like I never took a gap year or anything. So that means I, you know, well in Cuba, the school system's a little bit different, but I went to, you know, middle school, high school, college, everything like consecutively. And then right after college, uh, I did a two-year master's program, which is still considered college, but that's what I just graduated from. So it's been definitely an adjustment to adapting to the work life, you know, a nine to five and not having to, you know, come home and worry about, oh, I have to do homework or I have to, you know, do all these things. And time surprisingly gets really short <laughs> when you work a nine to five. I feel like when you're in college, you complain so much about not having time to do things, but when you're working, your day, it's about four hours of not working because if you want to go to bed at a decent hour to wake up and do it all over again, then you have like a four hours worth of day <laughs> to like do live outside of work. So it's been an adjustment. I'm definitely still getting used to it because like I said, I was in school for so long. It's, it's very different over here now that I'm graduated. Yeah, it's really funny because you think that when you graduate you will have time to do stuff and then everything shifts and then you don't have time but for other reasons and being an adult can be so stressful you have to really handle every aspect in your life out of nowhere because generally I don't think that we are taught anything about being an adult like we see that from other people from movies tv shows and everything like that but we don't know the reality of it so I guess adapting to this like new life is very challenging but at least for me it helps like tons to see so many people struggling with that as well because suffering (laughs) on your own is like terrible (laughs) That is so true because, yeah, like, you know, I talked to everybody else that has graduated recently with me and things like that. And even people that didn't graduate with me from this program, but graduated with me from, you know, college, everybody's doing something so different and adult life. It's so, it's so challenging. And nobody tells you that it's true. They don't teach you how to handle finances in school. They don't teach you how to handle, how to manage your time. Like, I really feel colleges should have a time management class like why don't we get taught to manage the little time we have in life and yeah it's been it's been crazy like I am so tired when I get home from work it's not even funny like I have no energy to do anything yeah and like being a therapist you have to listen to other people's problems and you have yours on top of that so I cannot imagine how draining it must be you know therapy is a pretty uh, like you said draining profession um at the moment I'm not doing the regular 45 minute you know one-on-one therapy sessions um I'm not gonna go into you know too much detail about population I work with and things like that because of you know privacy reasons but I'll you know give you a little bit of information on that um At the moment, I don't do the 45-minute sessions. Um, What I do are brief assessments, meaning that I meet with every single patient that comes to our clinic. 
and I assess them for what kind of therapy they need or if they do need therapy. Um, and I also handle, you know, minor crisis situations, meaning that if a patient needs to be seen right away for a mini therapy session, by mini, I mean not the full, full you know, 45 minutes. And in order for me not to interfere with the doctor's appointment, um, I meet with them and just kind of, you know, try to regulate them and calm them down and just, you know, walk them through some exercises and things like that so they can continue with their doctor's appointment. Because um, individuals I work with, you know, a lot of them get a lot of anxiety when they have to come to see the doctor, which is understandable. So that's kind of what I do at the moment. I am excited and at the same time scared for the time when I actually do the full 45 minute sessions because I get so tired and so like emotionally and mentally drained from what I do already that I feel that when I actually do, you know, 45 minutes a day with various patients, it's going to be patients, clients, sorry, in my field, we call them patients because they are, you know, medical patients. Um, it's it's gonna be interesting. By medical patients, I don't mean I work in like in hospital uh, mental facility. I don't work with you know high profile mental. It's this is like an actual like you know hospital setting like patients that come in for various reasons. Yeah, I've been going to therapy pretty much my whole life. And when I was younger, I would ask my mom like how the hell do does like my therapist can handle this because like she has me and then like I don't even know how many other people that are going to therapy like that she's the therapist of them and it's like so draining and then my mom said that pretty much like all therapists they have therapists on their own because it's like pretty much a chain because otherwise it wouldn't be possible because you would be like so much in your head which is like what gets what happens usually but even like getting other people's problems and you are have your own and this is your job like it can be I don't I don't know like this is my point of view of things but I think can be like very challenging I guess Mm -hmm. So it definitely is uh, challenging. Uh, What I do in order to manage this is that I try to be very present when I'm with my patients, you know, like I try to be there and just like give them my all and like all my attention and everything. But when I leave the office and when I'm like home, I try to leave that at the office. And I know that's something that everybody says um, and everybody tries to do, not everyone successfully. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's something that I'm practicing uh, since I'm a very young therapist. I'm fresh up school. Um, and I got thrown into a very, what would be considered high profile job for a young therapist. Uh, medical settings are very stressful. Medical setting, settings are very chaotic. And as a therapist, it's my job to be the one that stays regulated and almost chill, you know, the, the one that doesn't get too overworked about how stressful the environment is. So I do have a lot of support from uh, what's considered my supervisor, um, which is another therapist, the therapist that trained me. Um, and she really helps with that part. Uh, we, you know, we talk over things and things like that. And it really helps because you couldn't do this alone. 
um, this profession is very it takes a lot from you as you know you have to like feel for so many people in a way um and I'm not talking about you know feeling bad for people but like actually connect with the emotions of so many different personalities and things like that that um you do need support on the side in order to manage that yeah like I told my therapist the other day I was like I have no idea how you do it because your job is to solve other people's problems and I could never (laughs) (laughs) this is not only uh, like too much pressure but like I don't know like it's so overwhelming Because like people throw their lives at you and they Mm -hmm. expect you to solve everything for you while you are, you still have to balance your own life. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's, it's something that takes practice and being very aware of like when you get a little too involved into a client's you know situation um I'm not saying a a therapist should be like detached but you know you should always keep some type of boundary uh between you and like you know the patient you're seeing in order not to become too involved if you see yourself becoming a little too invested into your you know patient's life then it might be a little bit of an issue because um then that kind of blurries, uh, you know, your capacity to actually be the professional and be what they're coming to you for help, you know? Yeah, totally. So another note, how to define living situation? And I ask this because I don't know, like what I see like from the perspective here in Brazil is that in the U.S. people graduate and then they get their own apartment. It's, it seems like so easy and so obvious that and you don't see like many people getting back to their parents' house, although I know that this happened a lot during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But here in Brazil, like I'm not even joking, at least like in my family, we only leave our parents' house when we are moving city, country, whatever, or when we're getting married. So like this living situation, I think can be kind of confusing during adult life because it's like you have to get everything together and then get your own apartment or you're still living with your parents. So how is your experience with that in post-grad life? So I, uh, I was pretty firm on the decision that even though uh, if I weren't to pursue a master's degree after, you know, the four years of college, I was still going to get my own place um, because I really appreciate my independence. And like, even though, you know, like I love my parents, but I couldn't like, you know, like live with them for like long periods of time because I have my own ways and they have their own ways. And like a lot of people are like that. Um, like I'm very set on my ways of like, you know, how I do things. So for that, I always thought like, you know, I need my own space. Um, And I also didn't want to be, you know, I feel like in America, I mean, if you have to live live with your parents, that's totally fine. I do say that 
in America, we do have this thing where like, oh, if you're living with your parents, like you're a loser. Like that's like, you know, how American TV paints it. Uh, it's true. I mean, when you see it on TV, you're, you believe it, even though it's not necessarily a situation for everybody, you know? Um, like I know a lot of people that have had to live with their parents and they ended up moving out like later on, but it was just a period where that's what they needed. That's what worked for them. And that's totally fine. Um, my case, you know, the culture I come from, um, I'm, at the moment, I'm pretty adapted to the American culture right now. Like I'm pretty Americanized, I guess you would call it. Um, my husband's American, um, but in Cuba, it's pretty similar. You really don't have the means to like move out of your parents' house. Uh, unless you're married and even then <laughs> it's still like people still live with their parents sometimes um I never liked that one thing that I always like from watching like American movies and things like that it's like okay like I'm getting my own place as soon as I can um I think it was scary there for a second because uh, I was graduating college and I, yeah, I was dating my husband. We weren't engaged or anything like that. So I didn't know if, you know, if I was going to have to like actually get a place on my own or if like, you know, eventually we we're going to get married and things like that. Even though, you know, we had talked about it and things like that, but we were, he was coming to school like out here in California and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet. Um, so the living situation kind of got me there for a bit because I'm like, I want my own place, but I also, you know, want to eventually you know get married and things like that so the way it worked out was that um we got married the summer after college so <laughs> so it all happened very fast um and then we moved out here to california and then we got our own place and that was an adjustment um this is the second place we have by ourselves um and he was kind of similar he never really like lived in his own besides you know dorms and things like that like me um having your own place comes with a lot of like responsibility that nobody really teaches you about um like sometimes you wonder how the heck do you know people keep their houses like clean and organized all the time like in what time do they do that like nobody really like thinks about that because when you're growing up in you know your parents house you, you always have somebody tending to things like that uh, and it's their space, so they take care of it. It's not your space. Um, I honestly like having a place of my own, but it can be very stressful sometimes. Like, I can see why people have roommates, you know. Um, I don't know how people live actually alone. <laughs> like, I know a lot of great girls that just, like, have their own place, sleep by themselves and things like that. And I honestly don't know how you do it because I feel like you don't really have anybody keeping you accountable <laughs> to like, you know, do things. And it's not to say that you, everybody needs that, but I don't know. I, looking back on it, I don't know if I'll ever have liked to like live by myself. Um, I did in dorms and things like that, but it's very different because rent in California, it's outrageous. <laughs> So let's not even get into that. I know you had somebody recently on the podcast that lives in California, and I'm sure she told you all about it. But I live in Southern California too, and it's very real. And I don't live in the LA area, which I know is way more expensive than the area I live in. Uh, so that's 
if you were have, would have told me when I was a teenager, really young teenager in Cuba that I'll be paying, you know, as much as we have to pay for rent and things like that, uh, I'll be telling you you're joking. But that's California. <laughs> you have to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I have a lot of like mixed, just to answer your question, a lot of mixed, you know, emotions and like how I view, you know, living situation in America. Um, I, especially California, I think it should be a little bit more affordable than it is. Um, I know a lot of other states are not as have. I'm from Texas. Texas is like way cheaper than California. Like you can get a freaking luxury apartment for X money and it, it won't break the bank. Um, California is not like that. And there's a lot of like really old buildings and things like that. Like I live in a very old little place when we first got here and now we have like a little bit of a nicer apartment but I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Moving to Edinburgh was not an easy decision and it required a lot of mental and emotional preparation and nothing could have prepared me better than going to therapy. I've been in therapy for the past seven years now and I cannot recommend it enough for those who think about starting this journey. I know sometimes it might be hard to find a good therapist that will match you, so that's why I recommend a BetterHelp as your next therapy source. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy, that way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the Brazilian POV. That's betterehlp.com slash the Brazilian POV. Yeah, it's here, like, it's pretty much what you say. Like, we don't have the means mm -hmm. to move on our own. Like, like right now I could never leave home like where would I go because it kind of touches on like first job thing because at least here on their, our first jobs like we don't get as much money like the money that we get would never pay rent so it's not a part of the Brazilian Brazilian culture I would say okay. mm -hmm. so pretty much like every single friend of mine that left the parents house is because they moved 100 mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. my friends that still live on their parents house like they also don't have any means to leave which is so insane because we go online and we see people younger than us mm -hmm. living by themselves and all of that and it seems insane like absolutely crazy I could never see it Although, like, I think I would thrive living by myself, 
which is terrible. But I was talking to a friend of mine. She is a super introvert and mm -hmm. I'm kind of introvert. Like I love spending time with myself, but I don't know, like we were talking and it was like, oh, I'm so scared of living by myself because I think I will never leave the house. I will just spend time with myself <laughs> all the time because like I thrive in this type of situation. <laughs> it's so funny. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, like I said, it relates a lot to the first job as well, which is a struggle. I know in, here in Brazil, and I know that in the US as well, getting your first job after leaving college. So how was that for you? How did you get your first job? And I don't know, because I know that in college, you usually don't get internships during the semester. You only get like summer But here we get during the semester and the easiest, I'm going to say that like that, like the easiest way for you to get your first job is that you are interning on this company, this firm or whatever it is. And then you are like such a good intern that they hire you. Like this is the easiest way and the most secure way for you to get your first job. So I'm not going to lie. My experience wasn't too far from that. <laughs> In my case, um, so I I started my training at a different place when, uh, you know, the training times started. By training, I mean, you still do classes and all that, but then you have certain days of the week where you're supposed to be at the clinics. Um, that's how it works for uh, the type of license I'm going for. You know, there are different types of therapist licenses and things like that. They all work pretty similar. Um, In my case, I started my training at a place and then COVID happened and uh, we kind of got kicked out in a way <laughs> and they closed out for students and I was out of a placement site, which is an internship for about three months. And I really thought I wasn't going to get the hours to graduate. So that was pretty stressful. And then I interviewed for another clinic. Um, at the beginning, I wasn't very sure about it. Uh, but then I interview and I kind of started to like it. I started to get really get sold on it. Um, and then I was there for the remaining like year and like half that I had in school. And I really, really enjoyed it. Well, this place is like a brand new like startup, uh, like therapy, you know, company. We even have like our own almost like theory of way of doing therapy, uh, which is very interesting. It's kind of like in like a It's passive research state, but you know, it's very, it's a good thing to be a part of at the moment. And then when I was there, um, there were a lot of other students, of course. Um, and so there's like a lot of like, in a way competition. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna get hired there. So towards like the last few months when I was uh, acquiring hours to graduate, I started interviewing at other, uh, I started uh, applying, not interviewing, <laughs> to jobs and other clinics and things like that. Um, if I'm honest to you, like I'm not, I wasn't very happy about the options that were out there. And I think COVID had probably something to do with it, that there were in jobs that were like, wow, like I really want this to be my first job. And you know, everybody always tells you for your first job, you need to be a little bit more, you know, humble. You need to be a little bit, you know, your first job is probably not going to be that great. And I was like, okay, um, I'm a very ambitious person. So I, I was not wrapping my hair and my head around the idea that I had to like get a job that I hated as my first job. Like I, I was like, I'm not gonna be happy doing that. 
but if I really have to, for, you know, money reasons, I'm going to get it. And towards the last few months of my uh, placement site, I, I honestly had no idea if I was going to get hired or not. And then they launched uh, a new program um, elsewhere. They have plans of launching a program um, more of like an integration of like mental health into a hospital setting, which hasn't really been done in a lot of places. Um, and I was hired to launch that uh, along with my colleague. And that was great news for me. I had no freaking idea that I was going to be selected for that. Um, so that was great. I was super happy. So pretty much, yeah, kind of like you said it, you have an internship, they kind of like you, they like how you do things, and then you get hired. So that's how it happened for me. Um, the thing about um, my transition that made it a little harder is that I was part of launching the program. So it wasn't a job that was already created. It's something that was kind of like in the process of cooking. Um, so I was like in that launch state, and that was kind of stressful um, to be a new hire and be in the environment where like you literally are creating systems and things like that to like make things work that was pretty stressful but really rewarding at the same time now that we actually have it more so figured out um but yeah that's kind of how the college job transition worked for me yeah and overall like besides the occupation stress like having your first job and wanting to thrive in it and wanting to do everything right so you can just grow and just really start your career can be stressful enough but like I already talked about this on a podcast like for me at least like having a nine to five and then managing the podcast and then managing writing for the magazine it's like a lot and you do this as well. So how do you manage your nine to five and your content creator channel? Oof, that's, <laughs> that's a tough one because I am still in the process of managing that. I've only been working for about uh, two, three months now. Um, and I came from like having all this, let's call it free time to do content creation and when you know because of COVID I was doing Zoom classes so in between classes I'll go outside and shoot a picture or like I'll be vlogging my college experience which let's face it that's how a lot of YouTubers started in the first place. Um, I have been struggling in that aspect. Um, I'm still finding like a balance. So far, my balance has been that weekends are my time to content create. So starting today up until Sunday, that's when I content create. I haven't really like, I don't really like vlogging at work. I don't really think it's very like something I will enjoy. Like maybe I'll get one clip or two, but I will never make my vlogs like work a nine to five or anything like that. Like, I don't think I'll like to like share too much of like my work life on social media so that's why I feel like that's why my my channel is like struggling right now because I used to upload like way more videos um and let's face it I have a very very small channel um luckily enough I've gotten sponsors and even though I only have like 200 and something subscribers like that's nothing but when you combine that with like my Instagram page sorry <laughs> When you combine that with my Instagram page, it's a little bit more of like a following. So I've been fortunate enough to work with like a lot of my favorite brands. Um, 
but I have definitely seen his struggle since I started working. Like I used to upload pictures every day or every other day. And I really don't do that anymore. I upload pictures during the weekend when they don't do well. Cause I don't know if you, you're probably familiar with the Instagram algorithm. The weekend is a time when like social media is the most saturated with everything. So everybody's sharing content during the weekend. Therefore it doesn't do as well as it does during weekdays. So like, I just like, landed like one of my dream brand collaborations uh yesterday and they want me to post during the week and I'm like hell how am I gonna do that so those are like questions that um you know still trying to figure out um so how is it working for me right now it's like I said shooting during the weekend and then praying that I have time to you know share it during an appropriate algorithm time because Instagram has guidance with that like I don't I'm still figuring out how to work the algorithm. Let's face it, reels are being pushed so much right now. My account doesn't have access to reels. For some reason, I've contacted Instagram many times and I don't have access to reels. So that's one of the reasons why my account is really suffering right now because you see people gaining all these followers and things like that when they share reels. I haven't experienced that because I don't have access to reel. I'm this close to starting an account just for reels. because <laughs> I want to share reels, but I can't. Um, so that's been tough. But time management, uh, I really tell brands sometimes like, like I need time. Like if you need content faster, you're going to have to pay a speed, you know, like price for it. Because if you want me to, you know, compromise like my week time to deliver content, like I, I can't do that. So because of that um I don't know if you see influencers always share you know what I get in a week as you know PR packages and things like that yeah so then PR packages are not PR packages they're like gifted collaborations that you still have to post for Uh, I know this because I always see influencers share a PR package but then I I see them share their product on their page so I sometimes I kind of get the feeling okay that was probably a gifted collaboration in my case, I used to take a lot of those. Like every time a brand would be like, hey, you know, we want to send your product or, you know, and you can post a picture if you want to or whatever. I'll say yes. And I'll be getting all this like packages every week. Once I started working, I had to put a stop to that because I started to shift my focus to pay partnerships because I think, you know, influencers time is, you know, it costs money. It's, you know, it's important to paid influencers and so I started to kind of drift away from taking so many gifted collaborations unless it's like a really big brand that you want to start you know building a relationship with I really don't recommend doing that for you know star influencers if they're listening to this because that'll be the death of you <laughs> if you start just like taking gifted 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 brands are gonna be like okay you know you're not worth anything because all you do is just work for free so that's been something that I've had to really shift since I started working I'm like you no, know, my time you know it's valuable like my time costs money so if you want to work with me you have to pay um and because of that you're not gonna see that many like me sharing products on my page my page right now is like a little too organic (laughs) to the point where like I'm really not um taking that many partnerships and things like that I do have like one long-standing brand relationship which is I buy direct um that one has been in place for a while so 
besides that i'm only taking you know pay partnerships because i really don't have the time to manage shooting pictures for free when i could be getting paid for it and brands don't want to pay you a lot of the time so that's been a challenge yeah i'm just trying to manage my time the best i can during the weekends so i can actually you know get the content that's like worthy for my page but it's my accounts have suffered a little bit since I started working if I'm honest with you yeah no but that's like so interesting it's I think like a point of view that it's hard to get from influencers because many of them they're not even working a nine-to-five they are so dedicated to being an influencer and that's what they do which is fine but I don't know, like you don't get this realness. So thank you so much for being so real about both grad life and about being an influencer and the struggle of time management. Yeah, of course. Like, honestly, I wouldn't lie to you. I I even thought about like starting my own podcast and talking about like what influencers don't tell you because it's, it's not easy when you see a people with like posting pictures all the time and things like that. you think like oh like that's easy you just take a picture and post it um let's find the time and place <laughs> to take that picture having to buy new camera equipment having to find you know buy your own outfits if you don't get like a lot of you know free clothes and things like that um not taking free work because that kind of affects like your image and I did that so much when I first started being an influencer it wasn't even funny. I was just taking all this like free stuff and like posting it. But then there really wasn't anything in it for me besides like one free object. Like it's not, it's not worth it. And yeah, it's, I feel like influencers should be really speak up about this a lot more, like be real about what is it that we do. Like it's not easy and it takes time and we should, you know, our time is valuable. We should get paid for it. And that's like so interesting. And I think like many people think that it's so easy. Like you said, it's just like, oh, take a picture. But there's so much more behind the scenes. But that's definitely very, very interesting. Honestly, I started having more appreciation for how hard it is to be a content creator when I started my YouTube channel. Editing a YouTube video, it's not a game. It takes hours. And people... You know, I try attempted to do vlogmas when you upload every day. There's no way in hell I can do that. So it was just, yeah, I've really grown appreciation for it, for what it is that we do. And yeah, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time. And if you want to do it along with working a nine to five, you really have to manage your time very wisely. Yeah, definitely. Because like editing the podcast is already hard, but like, it's audio and then you have to edit audio and image so I, I can't I I don't think I could ever do it <laughs> I mean you get used to it like I, I wouldn't want to discourage people from doing it <laughs> like I don't want to say it sound too negative about it but you do have to really manage your time like yeah if you want to upload you know worthy content and then when you take hours to edit a video and then only like 40 people watch it you like but it's fine (laughs) well thank you so much for coming to the podcast it was really great talking to you
course. Thank you so much for having me. Like I was blogging this morning and I was like, I don't know why I got anybody on a podcast, but I did. So <laughs> there you go. You made my day. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging until here. Like I said, next week we'll have a new episode for sure. And I still don't know what's going to be, but I'm working on it right now. Um, it's just about getting life together all over again. This is very nerve-wracking, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope to see you back here next week. Bye, everyone.